so just for an intro, so I'm Jeremy. I went to CalArts from 2014 to 2018 for acting. And this is Anton. Anton, yes. I go to Rosedale Heights School and I am from Canada. Nice, bro. So are you 17, 18? 17, yeah. Bro, dude, I'm thinking back to life. It's crazy how much it, I'm. I'm sure you always hear this, and I always heard this growing up. But it's crazy how time really does fly. Cause I'm twenty. Yeah, no, you know. I've been. Th- I was actually thinking about the uh, the other day. I was, you know, cause high school is coming again. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm never gonna be a kid again. I'm just never gonna. Yeah. I'm never gonna be that. And I was like, huh, you know, it yeah. made me sad, but you yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of like a, a a lot of the past few years has been like a lot of growing for me and like changing my mindset, which is stuff we can get into. But more importantly, like I want to answer the questions you have first and foremost. But yeah. um, yeah, so yeah, so Anton is uh, looking into going to acting schools, got accepted to Cal Arts, yeah. doesn't know whether to stay in Canada or do a year off. And so hopefully, you know, I'm gonna try to help him figure out, you know, with some yeah, questions I was, about I was the glad Cal you Arts could do experience. It so... Yeah, dude. <laughs> so soon because the 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 acceptance deadline's May first. Uh, yeah. And and so it's really coming down <laughs> quickly. But yeah. Um, so here we'll talk, and then you'll have like about a week to figure out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy how and, fast it is. Yeah. So kind of the dilemma is. Yeah. That I, I got into Cal Arts. I got into. Congrats, by the way, for the schools you got yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I got into AMDA. Nice. Okay. Which yeah. I have I haven't heard great things about, but yeah, uh, you know, I don't know much. Jason uh, Derulo went into... there, dude. Jason Derulo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got into a couple schools in uh, in Canada, and so it's yeah. kind of like uh, my agent is really pushing for staying here um, for the big reason, yeah, uh, which is like just being international. Like, I assume you're. You you didn't you didn't come from another country. You're just in. Yeah, US. yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. way expensive for inter- international students, right? Yeah, yeah. So and it's also uh, maybe you could relate to this, but like my first question was just about transitions. Like, yeah. First of all, coming in, how how difficult is that? You know. Yeah. Stre- um, and then coming out, how, what's it like going into the industry? Are you kind of expected to stay in LA with all the people that you kind of know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, like, just like that whole transition out of, out of fourth year. Yeah. Okay. So for for the coming in part, um, for me, I I was a lot older than you when I went because like you're already more ready for the world than I was, dude. Because at 18, I was scared. I wanted. I went to like so like a local community college where I'm from, but then um. So I think I was 21 when I went to Cal Arts, and then I got dropped off. And I mean, coming in, it is my experience is like, of course, very exciting. You're like, oh, it's this bubble in LA. All these, you know, there's like great animation names and Disney and all this legacy there. And it's like, what is this gonna be? Because the school was sold to me as like this kind of bubble of experimentation and creativity, where it's like for like four years, you're just gonna kind of be in your own world, and then yeah. for you know make of it what you will and so I was excited for that and you know it's like I was seeing some of the kids and I was like whoa there's some like wild kids but there there is a lot of diversity there is a lot of different kinds of like of course there's like the really shy kids and all these things and as for the training itself I was so 
I think taken aback at first. And I'll like be totally honest with you. I was kind of arrogant about it where I was like, oh, I already have a few years of acting training. I'm older than my classmates. My mindset was like, let me go in here and let me show that I'm a good actor. Let me show that I know how to act. And it really crippled me from like taking more chances, from working as hard as I wish I did. And like, because they're giving you things like they do the voice work, you do the speech work, you do movement work. The first year there's Tai Chi. I'm pretty sure they still do it like that. And then, then you can like kind of pick and choose other things, which is I think one of the best things about CalArts is if you have an interest in music, in dance, in animation, in anything else, you, and you can get your way into other classes. Like I spent um, probably three semesters, so like a year and a half worth, in a film directing master's program screenwriting class because I was like, I just really wanted to get into screenwriting and like I like, you know, found, like worked my way into it and like talked to the teacher and stuff. Yeah. And so like that's that. Exa that's exactly like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. So it's like that, that is a thing that I really cherish so much about CalArts. And that's the thing is like nobody's going to push you to like, oh, go explore, go try these other classes. It's really on you. And like I, I even think like, oh, I wish I had taken advantage more. But I am grateful for the things that I did, like, for example, like that or for like I did like yeah. some like music production, like Ableton stuff and like whatever, some graphic design stuff anyway. Um, but I was kind of hesitant about like, OK, we're here to act. How much does it really matter to do like voice, speech, you know, these they call it skills work and it's developing your instrument, developing your body. At first, I was kind of like, oh, that's bullshit, whatever. Uh, A-listers, do they all do skills work, blah, blah, blah. And um, they, t they try to tell, encourage you to keep up with it regularly. Like, you know, try to do this every day, even when you're not in class. And I didn't then. Now I do. Because it just, oh, really? it, 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 yeah, like it feels great. Like for me to do like Tai Chi, I just started doing Tai Chi again more recently. And like, it just feels great um, for the body. But I would say that if you do end up going there, like my advice would be re to really embrace the skills work. Because now I get it where it's like, of course, you want the most versatile, supple, instrument possible vocally physically and it really i think leaning into that i was afraid to lean into it because i didn't want to admit to myself that it would make me a better actor but leaning into it 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 i wish i had done it sooner you know yeah um and then yeah and so i'm still talking about the transitioning in and also i will admit for me personally i can be a, I, I'm, I'm a little Sometimes I can seem like a really friendly, like outgoing person. Other times I just want to like really be on my own. And so I spent a lot of the first year thinking like, oh, people are in their cliques. I don't know if I really fit in. And then by the end of the first year, like I had, you know, like a few friends that like in my year that I was like, oh, we're like, we're really close. We're good friends. But then by the fourth year, it really is like you're all a family. Like it's more so the second year, third year, really fourth year, especially. And it made me realize, oh, I think a lot of it was just my own mindset of not wanting to put myself out there, not wanting to go like, oh, like hang out here or do this. And so I, I did struggle socially the first year, which was which was fine for me because I was there for the training anyway. But um, that's something that, you know, there, I guess there's always growing pains. But I think that based on how I looked at the year, the first semester, like my cohort, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to really gel with these people versus how much of a family you inevitably feel like by the end of the fourth year because you go through it together some of you drop off for a variety of reasons you know so it's basically all the same people yeah you it's a it's a conservatory at cal arts so you are yeah. 
more or less in the same, like it's usually, usually a group of like 40. And so it's like your studio will be 12 of you and the next semester it might switch out. And like they keep you all, all like for the first year, like you're with the same 12 people, pretty much all your classes, or at least studio. And then it, you kind of mix and match more as you go through. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works going through the classes. And yeah, so that's like transitioning in. And then transitioning out, um, does it, you were saying, do you, are you expected to stay in LA I, and like, yeah. So one of the things is especially, I think it just goes for everyone, but especially yeah. for international students is like, if I go make these connections and then like, I, let's say get the one year visa yeah. and then like, I'm trying to get work, whatever. And then it's like, oh, I, for some reason have to come back to Canada or, yeah. or for someone else, they have to go back to, you know, maybe they're from New York or something. Yeah. Uh, is that hard losing everything you've made there? Yeah. Kind of go, you know, so is it kind of like an expectation to stay in LA and do all your work there type of thing? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think that it's, it's such an individual decision because me personally, like I was born and raised in California and then I went to school and then maybe three, four months, you know, not too long after finishing LA, I, I fell in love. Now I'm here in Sydney, Australia. You know, and the way I view it is like my classmates that are in L.A. still. Sure, they're like in the thick of it. They're doing auditions there. They're like progressing in that way. But me, I, you know, I don't necessarily have access to that. I'm not really auditioning here in Sydney because like I'm also moving to the Philippines, you know, within the year. And then so I'm just like on a journey. But the way I view it is like I am so grateful for the training because for me it was I think I said this in the in the podcast, but it really is who it made me as a person. I don't think we'll ever go. Like, I think I'll continue to grow on that for the rest of my life. It really built these foundations and this mindset and also just the experience, right? Like, um, I'm not sure which ones I mentioned in the podcast, but it's like having a class that's co-taught by like a great film director and like James Franco. And then it's like, oh, I can kind of see like what James Frank was really like. And it's like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. The illusions, I guess, I had about fame. And like, because I really was just like, I want to be famous. But it was because I was thinking at that age, I was thinking, I want to be famous because that's the only way I'm going to be able to make a living. I can be sustainable. I can prove to my family that it, it was worth it to support my acting, right? That was like very much how I thought of it. And then being at CalArts and seeing so much great art, meeting great artists, it really made me realize, oh, it's really not that. There are so many wonderful careers, so many like what wonderful ways to live a life being artistic that don't have to do with fame. And like the co-teacher, for example, Deborah Levine, she's all into directing. She grew up just wanting to be an actress because she, that's all she saw. And then as she got more into it, she was like, oh, there are these other creative roles that it's possible to inhabit. And then she loves directing. And like, getting to meet so many cool people like you know like I went to like animation like they'd have guest speakers so I saw like the people that like like animation who made like what do they make like box trolls and I oh my god I don't want to misattribute par paranormal no but like they do a lot of claymation I met like the dudes who like they did the, like the lego movies and like the 21 jump street and stuff too like the whatchamacallit Chris Miller and Phil Lord they do a lot of stuff they're the ones who got fired from uh whatchamacallit solo <laughs> when they were directing Solo, like the Han Solo movie. And it's just so funny because like I can imagine them, them like, well, I didn't know them. I like met them once and they were so funny. And I was like, oh, I could see them. I could see how they would be like, we're going to do our own thing or whatever. We're not going to do it Disney way. Yeah. But um, 
So I would say, because like the thing is in my mind, I'm like, am I, do I want to say it's better if you can stay in LA? I don't know. Maybe, because uh, me personally, like I guess the, the simplest answer to your question is like, I personally believe whether you go back to Canada, whether you stay in LA, no matter where you go, I think that the training will transform you if you let it and stay with you and will be 100% worth it, you know? Mm. And um, yeah, but like in Canada, Sorry like... About the training, yeah. Yeah, you know, where it's just like, oh, I, I more realize like, oh, I, I found more of my voice and it's like, oh, I want to do more of this writing. Oh, I, you know, I see the things about myself that I think are more unique as an actor, a little more appealing as an actor. And then now I have these writing skills so I can write these things for myself where I'm just doing what I think I'm best at. And then, you know what I mean? It, it really, I think it, it can give you a more holistic view of yourself. And so, and like in that sense, then it's like now you're really in a mindset where if you were to go back to Canada, you're ready to like crush auditions and not like, you know, not make it personal. And like I'm doing my best work. And then you could be, you know, maybe you'll have friends that, you know, you're, you make a web series with or you're writing scripts while you're in Canada. Like there's, I think it, it opens you up. Uh, not that you don't have it already, but like it really opened me up to infinitely more ways that I could stay creative and, and continue to grow on my own. And, and also I still keep in touch with like good friends from LA. Like we just did like a podcast over the Zoom like the other day. And so I'm hearing how their journeys are going. Oh, and that's the thing. That's the big thing too. Something I, I mean, pe people talk about this when you're talking about acting, right? Like, oh, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Oh, it takes 20 years to be an overnight success. Or like, um, you know, Mahershala Ali? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like before Moonlight, right? He was in Hollywood for like 20 years playing like secret service agents, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you could feasibly be doing that in Canada, you know, it's like where it's like, you're building, you're growing, maybe you're doing the small parts, you're developing yourself as a creative. Uh, and then and then it just suddenly works out, oh, now like they see you doing well in Canada, and they want to cast you for this thing, and it leads to the next thing. It's like, you really just, I personally believe that all you can focus on is your own growth and doing the next project. And then whatever happens from that happens. You know, or like, uh, you know, like I, I saw like on your Instagram, you're like, not Jack Dylan Grazer. And like, I love Jack Dylan Grazer. And like, did you did you watch um, We Are Who We Are? I didn't. I didn't. He's really he's really good in it. Yeah. But like in it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's I like, get, you have no idea how many times like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. You're like, are you him? Like, yeah. You're like, I just changed the hair. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And that that's the thing that I think a lot of us struggle with, too, is like we do see people with so much success at such a young age or like shot. Uh, yeah. sh the Shyamalan, 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's like, yeah, sorry, you I, I, I was I was this is a bit off topic, but um, I was during quarantine. I watched this like on the Harvard website. They have this like happiness thing. And it's uh, one of the things they talk about is like humans just comparing themselves yeah. And then comparing themselves completely unrealistically, which is something I was doing, which is like just like yeah. taking the most famous person my age and being like, oh, look at what this person's done. I haven't done that. But then like exactly. it's completely unrealistic not yeah. to just like compare myself to someone actually like me. Yeah, that's the thing, dude. It's like and like, for example, like I like some of my classmates, they went to LaGuardia with Shamale, you know, oh, really? and so it's like and they and they like they would they saw him rise to the get famous. And they're just like, ah, oh, Timmy, ah, oh, like, you know, it's like so, like, like, oh, so endearing to them. And so it's like, but that's amazing because, like, I feel like a lot of us, if we had gone to high school with somebody and we see their star shoot up like that, 
it would be hard to be like, fuck, what did I do wrong? Why didn't my thing shoot up, you know? And uh, it, it, especially in this age when we're like, when we are late teens to like mid 20s, let's say. Like there is so much, I think it's like biology, you know, where, cause I've read a bit about it where it's like, you just want to grab the world by the nuts and be like, this is who I am. I'm worth a damn, you know? And then, but then we think that it is those external markers. And then it's kind of realizing like, oh, you know, maybe I am somebody who my journey takes uh, 10 years, 20 years to get, to get known. But then by that time you realized, oh, but like, it's, are those 10 or 20 years only worthwhile because I'm somewhat known now because I'm in a TV show because I'm in a movie. And it's like, I was just thinking like, I don't want to live that way. I want to, I would want to live in a way where I'm just like, no, I enjoyed every day of those 20 years. I was like growing artistically, you know, where it's like, that's yeah. That's why even like, uh, like some of my friends now, they're like, Oh yeah, I believe you, you can make it, you can make it. And I'm like, uh, like, I don't, I don't know. Make it is like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, what if I'm just like, you know, making a fine amount and doing some theater and that's, yeah, dude. that's making it for me. Like, I don't. Yeah. So I yeah, think dude. the bar is definitely really, really, really high. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, I guess it was kind of back to my other question with transitioning is like, yeah, how it sounds like you were very ready, but like, how ready were you to just not be in school to just be? Oh, no, dude. It sounds like I was very ready. I wasn't at all, dude. I was like, fuck. Like, the the whole fourth year, I was like, oh, I better enjoy this as much as I can. I better take advantage. I better do this. I better do this. Like, something I personally did is, like, I tried to make a short film every year while I was at CalArts. And then I think the fourth year, I actually ended up doing a one-man show. Because something great at CalArts, they have a new works festival. And so, for the theater school, for the last, like, I forget how long they give you. Is it two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? It's either two weeks to a month. I can't believe I forgot. I did it four times. But they're like, okay, go do whatever you want. Like, go be a part of somebody's original play. And, like, I would always use the opportunity, like, to make a short film with my friends and then the fourth year to do, like, a one-man show. But what the hell was my point? Oh, yeah. there, there were, My mindset was very much like, wow, this fourth year... I finally feel like I'm I'm getting it. I'm appreciating the training on a n- new level. I'm like, it just felt in a place where I was like, ah, oh, I, I, I want another three years. You know, like it's like, I'm like afraid to like stop that, get out of the environment where you get to just grow, you have support, you can experiment. There's like the safety net. Um, and of course for fourth years, it's so scary because you do have the showcase you know, for the agents and shit in LA, and then you fly to New York and do the thing. And it it is like, as much as you want to all be like a group and all like together and not worry about it, it it does happen inevitably where people are like, oh my God, who, how many emails did you get? Who emailed you? What agency? What thing? Or do you have a meeting? Oh, I didn't get anything. And like, some people can be super, super down about it. And some people are like, oh shit. Like, and, and that's when you can really see like the what's hot in Hollywood like to an extent right like of course talent matters but you can also really see like oh like we're looking for this kind of person this kind of type we think we can sell this we think we can do that and like it makes you like the fourth year you become very very aware of that and like you're almost thinking exclusively of that it's like oh wow what type am I putting myself forward as what energy am I doing which I'm sure like your agent talks to you about already I'm guessing yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And it's like all that stuff. And so I but I feel like I feel like that whole moment is also so short. 
like it's it's so short lived and it's it's with such a focus on the immediacy of it where it's like we have alumni come and talk to us and maybe somebody you know let's say like 10 years ago one of the actors got like all these agencies clamoring for him you know he got signed to like a pretty bit like, like like i don't know straight to like into gersh or i don't know something like maybe top 10 right and then um there's somebody who didn't really nothing really happened right 10 years later, it might be totally flipped where that guy's done nothing and this woman who got nothing because she hustled, because she figured out herself and did all these things, now she's like, you know, she's in two Quentin Tarantino movies, you know, which is like one of these, uh, one of the alumni who came, her name's, uh, oh my God, Dana Gurrier. And she's, uh, you know, she's a black woman who was telling us she didn't get too much after graduation. She moved to New Orleans because L.A. wasn't doing her any favors. And then she ended up meeting, like, she became friends with, like, one of the Duplass brothers while she was in New Orleans. And then and then she's in, like, she, you know, um, do you know The Hateful Eight? Yeah. Yeah, like, she's Minnie, like, Minnie's haberdashery, like, where it all takes place. Like, she's Minnie, you know, like, she's, like, in, like, just, like, a small little thing. And I forgot what, I think she was, like, a, I think she was one of the maids in Django Unchained. But it really, like... It does, it just show you though where it's like the type and every, like the immediacy of art school is not so important as who you decide to become and who you grow into because of the things you were exposed to and the things you saw. Like, does that answer your question? Does that, am yeah, I, am yeah. I being confusing? Kind of, that, that's good. That, that also kind of gets into one of my other questions, which is like the reason that I'm not so interested in AMDA is because yeah. it seems really businessy and kind of yeah. like really just we want to brand you and then sell you and you're you're the like and it's all that stuff on like uh, well you know I'm I'm not I'm more interested in what it sounds like CalArts is which is just like yeah. artistry and developing yourself as an artist yeah exactly exactly I mean that's that is what it's all about and the thing too about CalArts is there is a very extensive alumni network. There are a lot of people that, you know, maybe, um, I forgot what they're called, oh my gosh, like the Career Center and maybe um, like the alumni engagement, where it's like if you kind of hone in on what you wanna do and what you're thinking and like maybe you can get in touch with somebody. But that's the, like, for me it was always like, oh, I don't wanna just get in touch with them and be like, oh hey, like, can you help me? Where it's like, I've already, I already know who they are. I already know what they're about. I already know what I'm about. I know how I'd want to work with them. I'm like, hey, like, I'm thinking of doing this. I want to do this. Is there any advice you could offer or whatever like that? Like, for example, we were in this like thing called uh, me and my uh, classmates, my, my two good friends, uh, Matt and Kevin. We did this thing called The Hive, which is a cool, I don't know if CalArts is still doing it because it was kind of a new thing, but it was like a shark week did I, did I mention this in the podcast? It was like a Shark Week kind of thing. I mean, Shark Tank no. kind of pitch thing. Okay. So it was basically like a creative like pitch, like pitch your creative idea. You go through a course, and then we're going to select certain ones of you and fund you. And so we wanted to work on, at the time, live action VR content. And so we did like a pitch, and like we were selected, and we got funding and stuff. And they paired us with a mentor. And like the mentor who they paired us with, who like I never would have, I didn't even know who this guy was, but his name was Eric Darnell. He now is like the creative head of like this big VR place in the Bay Area called Baobab. But he used to be at DreamWorks. 
he worked on like the Shrek movies and Kung Fu Panda and stuff like that. And he's a, he was a CalArts alum. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool getting to like Zoom this guy and talk about our stuff. And like, oh, and he's like helping us think about things. And um, it was like really experiences like that that were so, so awesome. You know what I mean? And it's like, but the thing about that one too is like, most people didn't have that experience, but it's because me and my two buddies wanted to go for it. Like, let's do something more, you know? And so I feel like, and I feel like everyone has it in their own way, you know, to a lesser extent, like, oh, I tried this class or I did into this or I met this person. But really, sorry, what was the original question again, Anton? <laughs> Being an artist, right? Like the, the commercialism of, of yeah, some the, places the versus, yeah. versus artistry, yeah. So what I would say is like, I, I agree with you. Like AMDA does seem, you know, very, I don't know if they're listening. They do seem very like, we're going to put you in the industry. We're going to teach you all about the industry and what it takes and blah, 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 blah. Where, yeah, CalArts very much is like while you're doing the skills work there, right? Which like, you know, you're doing the voice, you're doing the body, like you're developing yourself as an actor. You have the luxury and the time to read plays, to watch movies, you know, to, to read novels or whatever, whatever you want to do, you know, or like write scripts. And it's like, I think a big thing for all of us artists, right, and especially when you're in school, is like we can be very precious with it, right? And like I've heard Seth Rogen say, don't be precious with it. I just read um, The Art of, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, where he's all about don't be precious with it, where it's like we can get so in our heads of like, we want it to be perfect. We want to show our ultimate capabilities. We don't want to do something that we end up not liking or work through it until it becomes something we like. Where it's like, I've tried to work so hard to get out of that mindset where I'm just like doing stuff every day that's artistic. And I feel like if you had that or were working on that right from the get-go, the amount of stuff you could take in during those four years is like amazing, you know? And cause now I realized, cause back then I was thinking of like, oh, okay, I'll do these four years then blah, blah, blah. Like I really thought of it as like, get it all in during your four years, then it changes. Then it's like life is less artistic or it's not like school anymore, blah, blah, blah. I had these, I kind of compartmentalized Cal Arts and what, or art school in general, wherever you end up going, art school versus life after art school. And now I'm, oh my, now I realize, oh, it really is a lifelong thing. Oh, I really like, nobody's telling me to do it now. But if I want to, like, I can go, you know, reread an Arthur Miller play and I can go, like, prepare a character as if I was where it's like there are so many things that um, that we can do on our own to get our creativity going that most of us just don't do because, like, we're just, like, busy with life or th and things like that. And so I would say that CalArts was instrumental in changing my heart and mindset about that. You know, where where I do feel like it does make you an artist. Like, I, I feel like CalArts, in a nutshell, if you let it, does make you a lifelong artist in a way where it's not so focused on the commercialism and blah, 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 you know? Yeah, that's that, that's exactly what I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> um, uh, what do I have? Um, yeah, I guess... I guess I was just wondering about, like, uh, an average day. Like, um... Yeah. And, and just like, I know there's a lot of performance opportunities and there's a showcase in that. And I've heard yeah. about that a lot. Yeah. Um, but like, just on like, uh, you know, a normal, a normal Wednesday, what would you be doing? And yeah, uh, yeah, that sort of yeah. 
Oh, dude, it's so much fun. Ah, oh, it's reminiscing. Just reminiscing, yeah. Anton, makes me, if you end up going, or no matter where you go, I'm so excited for you for this part of your life. But anyway, um, so an average day, it does loosen up over the four years. You have more and more freedom. But let's say, okay, let's first year. Uh, average Wednesday, I'm not sure what Wednesday would have been like. But okay, let, let's do it through the week. So yeah. maybe Monday, you'll start off voice in the morning, an hour and a half of voice class. You're doing whatever, you're doing undulations, you're stretching, you're doing like, you know, and you're talking about concepts. Um, and then maybe after voice, maybe like 11.30 to 12.50, you have movement. And so movement changes. I think first year it was, we did yoga, we did yoga. And so like, you're doing yoga and like just getting in your body. And then, um, and the different movement classes just throughout the four years, I guess I'll just say it now, it's like, um, so there's yoga. And then there's this thing you get into like the third year, like five rhythms, which is really cool, but it's just exploring different physical textures. I forget what they're all called, but there's like kind of wavier ones and like harsher ones. And it's just kind of playing with using your body with different characteristics. And like you do music and you guys move around the room. There's really cool group experiences you guys have where you're kind of like zoned out, but like in your peripheral, you can see how everyone's like moving to the songs and you bring your own songs in and stuff. Um, we did a bit of like bar and like, like kind of more stretching work. Um, we did like a little bit of like kind of Pilates and like some like choreographed dance, like just to do stuff like that. But I think what the, I think the movement that a lot of people really enjoyed the most and maybe, and some people really like it, like they're all about it now is kind of like more like European style, like movement, performance movement work, like ex experimental. It's very like body to body. And like, it's like, it's so like seeing the choreography, it's like, what is like, it's, it's really weird. And like, I was kind of heavier in Cal arts, so I didn't like throw myself into it as much, but to, to be able to learn how bodies interact in a certain way through that was really cool. And then, so yeah. And so that's like an hour and a half in a day. And then, um, so your morning will be two of the skills classes in any order, like voice and speech, movement and whatever. And then usually from one to like 3.50, like about three, four hours a day. And we would do this twice a week is your acting studio. And so that's all about scene work. You're putting it up with your classmates. You're doing exercises specifically related to acting. Uh, you know, your studio teacher is going to assign you. Um, plays to read, playwrights to research, things like that. That's like, that's really like the, the acting, acting. That's where all your skills work is supposed to all come together, you know? And um, and then Tuesday is like the same where it'd be like, oh, if you had voice and movement the other day, then you'll have speech class. And um, oh my God, what's the other one? There's voice, speech, movement, maybe Tai Chi, Tai Chi, there you go, first year. You'd have Tai Chi in the morning and then you'd have like speech work. And so the speech work, you primarily focus on standard American, which is this weird, are, are you familiar with standard American? No. Okay, so it's like Edith Skinner, East Coast, you know, America speech, like kind of transatlantic, like a very proper way of speaking that they learn to like, if you think of like Orson Welles in like the 1920s and like oh. things like that, right? And like they consider that like the baseline to teach you the sounds. And they'll teach you how like the international phonetic alphabet. And then from there, you get into, I think they do RP, like receive pronunciation, like BBC English. And then you, and then towards like third, fourth year, you can accent specialize, like you do accents on your own. Like, oh, I want to look at French. I want to look at German, you know, like you do like assignments kind of, and you present to each other. It's like, oh, these are the sounds of blah, blah, blah. And then like, um, <laughs> um, and then so yeah, there's speech and then like, um, 
Yeah, and then so beyond like the two skills classes, and then so since you'd only have the studio twice a week, so Tuesday, for example, might be like you have the skills class in the morning, and then you could do electives for the rest of the day. You know, it's like you could do like um, an improv class. You could do a lot of people loved African dance. That was a super popular one. A lot of people like gamelan, which was like this Indonesian drumming class. Um, I did capoeira one of my semesters, which is like freaking like I, I think it's like Brazilian. Like it was crazy because I went into the class and I was like, okay, let's like you know do some you know dance martial arts. It's like okay, now do a handstand and walk across the room on your hands, and then people started doing it. I'm like. This is the first day. I was like, "What's <laughs> happening in here?" <laughs> They're just like, Whoosh. "I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna die in this class." Um, yeah, and so there's like all kinds of things like that. Um, you could learn. Um, I, other classes I did personally, I did um, like video, um, like sound editing for um, like in the film, uh, the film video classes. You know, and like, oh, how do you do post-production sound, and how do you do this, and like learning about that, and like learning Premiere Pro to like edit videos. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give you like a, really what the possibilities are. There is, uh, yeah. Of, so yeah, there's the, all the music classes and then I mentioned the animation classes. Are there any academics, like stuff that you're kind of oh. to do in that sense? Um, not really. So the thing is I transferred, so I already didn't have to do it, but then it's like, um, there are, there's critical studies. That's, that's what I always forget to mention. Critical studies, it's like a certain amount of classes that you need to have to get your degree that are um, kind of considered growing you as a person, growing you as an artist, right? There's like, it's like science, but it's like in the most artistic way ever. Like it's not a real science class or it's like math for artists or like that. There was like a hip hop class, which is so hard to get into. I tried, I never could get into it, but it's like you like study hip hop and you rap 16s in class and things like that. One I really liked was, um, it was, I forget what it's called, but it's like 20th century art movements. That's exactly what it was called, actually. And like, I just studied like Dadaism, surrealism, like things of the past hundred years, and it gave me context. And like, I'd heard of Andy Warhol, I had heard of, you know, absurdism, but it gave me so much more context and understanding of how it related to each other, how it might inform my own art. And like, as an actor, I had another class that was similar, like I think critical studies, art of the invisible. And you just look at radio, the power of radio, the power of podcasts, and like you do, and even like in a way where you can make soundscapes and like tell stories and do sound effects and music. And so the, I, I, there are academic classes, but they're so artistically geared that like it d doesn't feel academic in like a sense of where it's tough for like math and science. It's like it's like artistic academia. And um, what else? Oh, yeah. And there are <laughs> most of the acting students hated these ones, but I liked them. But it's like in the I think the first year, first two years, it's like con conversations in contemporary theater. And that's like a once a week class where it is more academically studying plays specifically and like, and like the, there's a like quizzes about them, you know what I mean? And like kind of things like that. But it's like on like, you know, like Orestes and like the ancient Greeks and stuff like that. So I thought it was fucking awesome, you know? Um, but yeah. And so that's, I think that's in a nutshell, the, the academic, uh, extent of CalArts. Oh, and also there's no actual grades. It's like high pass, pass, low pass and then no pass. And you really have to like not even fucking come or try to not pass, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really okay. the miscreants who, who got in that boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, what else I have? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm at an art school right now. It's high school. 
Uh, nice. So I, I don't know how different it is, um, but I like I just don't I don't feel challenged, and it's it's like it's not a bad art school. Um, yeah. But it's more that I don't I don't feel like it's really 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 challenging me in that in that you know in the acting sense or even some of my other courses which aren't uh like arts courses which i'm not even as good at um yeah i was wondering like how would you say it university or art school is like a step up from i don't know if you went to an arts high school i didn't i went to a regular high school but what i can speak to is like the feeling challenged I definitely felt very challenged at CalArts because um, at the end of each semester, all of your skills work teachers will do a write-up of you. And things like, for example, like my, probably the person who made the biggest impact on me there was my Tai Chi, she's no longer there, but this Tai Chi teacher, Sherry, and she's like, you know, older, very wise. And the first semester, I didn't even think she was looking at me doing Tai Chi. Like there were so many of us in the main gallery doing it, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm okay. And then I saw her write-up of me, and it was like, low pass. He does this with his shoulders. He does this with his, he doesn't sit down low enough, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, my God. She was like seeing my body in a very precise way without me even knowing it, you know. And it was just kind of one of these moments of like, fuck, they really know what they're talking about in terms of the skills work. And, of course, at that moment, I was like, who even, why do I even need Tai Chi as an actor, you know. Like, that was my mindset. But then... Now I, now I love it, you know what I mean? And like, and I'll tell you why too, just like to contextualize it. The reason why I think Tai Chi is valuable, or, or and same reason with yoga, right? One, it helps you connect to your breath and connects your breath to your body, which is good. Because like sometimes as actors, we can, or if we're nervous or with certain characters, we might be doing things with our body, holding, moving certain ways that don't fit the character we're not aware of. And you, you learn to use, it's all about using a lot of small muscles that we don't traditionally use just walking around, getting up in our day to day. And so you just, you, you're able to become a lot more specific with your body. And then of course you wanna get to a place where you can let it all go, but then it's still in there where you know, you can you can see somebody who is very, like for example, dude, I saw Sherry taught this other CalArts alumni like 20, 30 years ago. Like he's an a, adult man now. And um, she told me, like, oh, down at South Coast Rep, which is in Orange County, it's like a pretty good, like, equity theater. Um, he's playing LBJ, which is like an American president, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Like, Bri you know Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad? Yeah. He yeah. played the role on Broadway. And so um, she, like, told me, like, oh, go watch him. You know what I mean? Like, go, go see what it is, like, when someone, like, so good with the skills work um, it, it has really developed his craft over, like, decades, right? And so I watched him. And like, I, I'm not, I, I really don't think I'm biased as a CalArts kid. And maybe there were even other alumni in the cast, who knows? But to me, he was infinitely more compelling than anybody else on the stage. Like the way he moved was so specific. The way he talked was so specific. And it was just so, it just felt so effortless and, and honest. And then I went back to Sherry and I was like, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. And like, you know, uh, the, the guy will never hear it, it's theater. Like the guy playing MLK sounded like he was like yelling on stage. Anyway, but, uh, but when I went back to Sherry and I told her how captivating I found his performance, she was like, yeah, isn't it? He doesn't walk like that or sound like that at all. You know, like that's not him. And, I, and so I have no idea, to this day, I have no idea how that guy really is. Like just yeah. because I saw him playing LBJ. But anyway, 
like that's I guess the usefulness of like those kinds of work. And oh my god, I went on a tangent. What was I answering when I talked about the Tai Chi and I, yoga? We were talking about how cha- like the challenge. Challenging. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So I felt very challenged because when I didn't take it seriously and when I didn't push myself and I didn't practice every day and I thought I could get away with it, I didn't get away with it. And a lot of the kids, if you think you're getting away with it, it's just at a certain point, the teachers don't care anymore about you because it's like, oh, okay, if you don't care about your growth, why should we? Like, dude, um, one of the teachers that I had, which I was very fortunate to have, um, second year is all Shakespeare. The first semester, yeah, it's great. It's great though. It's great. The first yeah. semester was with Mary Lou Rosado, and so she. This is a woman who she was in the very first graduating class of Juilliard. She was like in there with Patty Lupone and Kevin Klein, you know, and like people that have gone on to have great careers, and she was like just fabulous, just in every way, right? And then our year was the last year she was there, and then I think I was like alone with her towards the end of the year, and I asked, "Oh, Mary Lou, like, why, why are you retiring?" And I think she was like, "You know, just the kids just don't listen to me anymore." Like, I'm telling them what they need to do, what you need to work on. And it just seems like nobody's doing any work. And, like, they come in there and it's like, I'm, like, she felt like she kept on giving the same notes over and over again. And it was like, and, like, and then she's doing theater in New York again. She's happy. Well, I'm not during COVID, but, you know, she was, like, off Broadway before COVID and stuff. But, so that's the thing is, like, you really are, I don't know, I don't know if it's our generation. I don't know if it's, like, a, you know, kids these days. I don't know if it's, like, if it's just the college experience where it's so easy to slack and not give it your all and to rest on your laurels, you know, but you, I think you're much better served if you really go for it. Like for example, I'll even like tell with my experience, like with the five Shakespeare, no, in in my first semester of Shakespeare, she gave me five scenes to do. I really only got really off book and did work on two of them. And then like the third one, yeah, the fourth one, maybe halfway, the fifth one, not at all. And she was like, oh, like, why didn't you, like, why aren't you off book? And I didn't have a good answer because I was just like, oh, like, I just thought it was like, it's just so much. But I could have been, you know, if I was doing it every day, just going to the lines, I could have been off book on all the five. But it's the two that I really worked on, which is like Richard the Third and something where like, I remember performing them. And Brutus, it was Brutus from Julius Caesar. I remember performing them because something happened to me in the performances, in the scenes, you know what I mean? And that that wouldn't have happened if I, you know, re- like w- did it so half-assed like I did with the other scenes. And, um, yeah, so I would say, like, it, you definitely always feel challenged. Definitely in the acting skills work. And then beyond that, it's up to you how much you want to challenge yourself with reading new things, watching. Like, there's a film library, which is great. You can go in there and sit in, like, a big comfy leather chair. And there's, like, t- personal TVs and, like, headphones. And you can, like, spend all day watching movies or, you know, or just watch one movie. Like, they have an extensive catalog of, like, all, a bunch of the greatest films of, like, you know, whatever, past hundred years. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff where it's, like, um, if you really want to, you can push yourself more and more into different fields. or Or just going really far in one thing, you know, like, if you really wanted to take every screenwriting class or every writing class that was available or whatever, yeah. et cetera, you know? But yeah, dude. Yeah. So do you think like, if you want, if I wanted to like really, really go into screenwriting to become, uh, like be doing that, you know, regularly with acting or something, um, yeah. do you think that that would be very easily, easily done? Just you, you'd be ready coming out to be a screenwriter. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Like I, like I was so intimidated at first. Because I was like, oh my God, I'm just an actor. And I'm coming in here with 
people who are writers. They're studying to be writers, you know? And, like, I was scared to show my scripts. I was scared, like, I so much, you know, I was, like, sh like my heart was beating so fast. I was, sh like, you know, shaking, sweating, all that stuff. When you are, when we are actors, like, you're, I think you're, you're just sensitive to, like, storytelling and emotions in a, in a very personal way already. And, like, after you kind of hone that over, you know, a semester or two, and, like, you kind of learn the basic rules of screenwriting, then I think you can really get, you can really get um, rich stuff out of yourself. You know what I mean? And so I honestly think that you would do really well there. Um, and, like, uh, first I had to go. So in the theater school, Lou, Lewis Clark is the one who teaches screenwriting. And then, like, you got to do that first. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, yeah, Ernie's class. And then Ernest Marrero was the person I went to after. And I was like, oh, yeah, Lou recommended me. You know, I took his class last semester. He's like, maybe I could get in this, your intro class and see how it goes. And then the rest is history, you know. But definitely, if you just show initiative and you just speak to the teachers and let them know where you're coming from, there's um, a lot of space. Like, you're, they're very welcoming to you. And I think you'd very much be ready to like, you know, be like, cause me, like my biggest hero going through CalArts was like Donald Glover, you know what I mean? And like workaholics, I don't know if you know that show, like those guys. And I was like, yeah, I just want to do a sitcom and I want to write and star in my own sitcom. And I definitely feel like I have the skills to do it. You know what I mean? Like whenever the timing is right, like I know what I need to do. I, I know the steps, I know all, all that stuff. And, and then like how, who I'd show it to and how I try to get it out there and things like that, you know? So yeah. Yeah, it's like I think each step reveals itself to you as you just like keep moving forward. Nice, nice. Yeah. Dude. Um. Yeah. What, what did I have here? Oh yeah. Um. I guess I I was wondering if it prepares you more for film acting or theater acting or if like kind of both. Okay, so Cal Arts, there's really only a semester at the end that you f film, right? Um, you, for us, it was kind of weird because we were doing Chekhov scenes. And so we filmed the Chekhov, but then we were speaking in standard American in our scenes, like very proper. Like, I personally don't find that footage usable. And then also they film your, they film your showcase scene at the, the very end, right? And like you film that, you come in and you have that footage to use. Um, so... There's definitely a lot more theater that happens. And a lot of us during that last semester, that last year, we were like, oh my God, I wish we had had some of these film classes sooner. Like, you know, because it is so technical, right? Yeah. And so, um, but what I will say is, I think that in general, learning how to be a great actor will translate, right? But then it's just like, once you had that training, now you have to um, just kind of kind of learn the technicalities of film. But a great book that I'll recommend to you, which like a lot of people don't know about. It's called The Secrets of Screen Acting by, hold on, who is it by? Let me see, I have it right here. I'll is that show Peter you. Peter Skagen? Not Peter Skagen's, maybe you've read, maybe that's a great book too. But um, this is yeah. Pat Patrick Tucker. Um, yeah, and it's very, and it's just like a lot about like the technicality of things and blah, 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 blah. There's like an anecdote there where like this guy got his first role and it was on Heroes. And um, he had been carrying that book for a while, like studying how to move on camera, how to do, how to convey things. And um, his character was supposed to be very, very short-lived. And like he, he did the role and like the director was like, this is your first time screen now, like in a TV show? Like he couldn't believe it because he's like, he knew the mark, he knew like the, his sound volume, he knew everything. 
and um the character like the people ended up loving the character because he was able to like convey so much on screen and um he ended up being like one of the most significant characters on the show like over the seasons you know which is just to say like i think the value of that book is like it does show you all the technicality of of it and maybe the peter skagen book breaks down similar things but where it's just like yeah. you know you can have plenty of great honest performances but even if it's like if it's a close-up and they're like then your volume is like medium close-up volume your acting will seem too big and it's like you know one of our teachers adam talked about like you know he was getting a couple of roles while we were in class with him like he was like on jane the, he went to film jane the virgin one day and stuff like that and he was saying like he'll be on set where like it's just like a two-person scene but it's the other person's close-up and like he can't even hear what they're saying because they're saying it just for the microphone and then so then yeah. he has to go off their lips and it's like okay now it's my line you know and it is like weird that shit yeah that yeah. literally happened to me yesterday yeah I was, yeah i was on set yesterday for a show and it was so windy yeah oh okay. yeah 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 they're acting and we were also oh it wasn't a great day but it was, it was yeah. so rushed and oh yeah. man yeah anyway. it, it can always feel like that but yeah, yeah. Well, at least you got to act um, yeah yeah <laughs> um, i know but yeah did that answer your question so like in a way, yeah. it there there's some film training, but I feel like you'll be re you'll definitely be ready to. And also too, addition like additionally with reading the books, if you just find time, like this is something I wish I did more, just to find time like with my friends, like set up a camera, do exercises, like what works, you know how how much can I gesture? What does this convey? Like what is the camera capturing? How can I make sure that whatever I'm doing is on the camera? You know if I'm gonna move my hand. I'm going to throw a pen, whatever it is, and just, like, playing around with, you know, what works for you on camera. I feel like that's something I still need to do, honestly. And I feel like that really, um, that will really help you um, stand out as you start auditioning, whether you're in L.A., whether you're in Canada, you know, when it's just, like, people, like, they have a sense for that when, like, someone really knows how they're coming yeah. across um, wh whatever the shot is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Um Oh, okay. Uh, we got time. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess, uh, well, it seems like every art school is kind of like, you know, you're going to art school, don't be auditioning, don't be working outside of school. Um, yeah. So I was wondering, like, when you're, when you're, you know, in that off-season summer area, Yeah. D is it easy to kind of do fit in some work there or kind of do something in L.A.? Um, yeah, definitely. There's a, lo there's a lot of people during the summer who they all do like a play in LA over the summer if they want to stay in town or like, or they will just try to aud like, you know, audition for some things, you know, whether it's on backstage. Cause like a lot of people, they weren't trying to get like agents and stuff. I mean, some people like you already had some representation. And so, you know, they could have been uh, doing some auditions, but there's definitely time. Yeah. But like you said, while the school year is happening, they really want you to focus on, you know, the training. And I would also say that too, where it's like, I would also recommend that you just focus on the training and I get it. It can, cause in that moment, everything feels so immediate. Like I also wanted to be like, well, shouldn't I already be auditioning? So I'm already a little bit ahead by the time I graduate. Like, and then I have some credits and I do this. But when I graduated, I realized, oh, I really, I think the best way to spend those four years is learning and soaking up as much as possible. And then you have your whole life to go do things that are not art school. And you have like to go audition and to go try to be in projects and do all these things, 
you know mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i watched a i don't know i went down a rabbit hole i watched a video and i was like should you go to acting school and the guy was like Fuck no! Like, yeah, yeah, you have you have four years right now to be auditioning. You're gonna give up those four years when the and I was like, oh gosh, you know maybe. But, yeah, uh, that's one way to look I, at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just. I I get that mindset. I feel like it's just, but I feel like, I feel like if you are somebody who feels that way, I don't want to say that you don't value like being an artist or like really like coming out like think like becoming like thinking like an artist and have like the heart of somebody who is that at the core like a storyteller but it does seem to like tend toward that side like it does yeah. it does kind it of feel like industry immediacy yeah. yeah right it's like pay your dues build up right now but the thing is right like this is like a, a steve martin quote which i don't know if you've like heard it before but it's like so many people ask him how do i make it Right? How do I, you know, get to a certain level? And then he's like, how come nobody's asking me how do I be really good? You know? And so that's the thing is like a lot of us too, we can think, oh, I want this opportunity. I want this. I want this. I want this. Like for me, I was like, you know, oh, I'd love to be in, I want to be in a Tarantino movie. I want to be in a Wes Anderson movie. I want to play Johnny Depp's son in the next Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like stuff like that. But it's like, oh, if that opportunity was on my lap right now, would I even have the skill set and the mental strength to perform at a high level. You know what I mean? Doing that. It's like, who am I? What do I have to offer? And who am I? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I definitely think, like, if opportunities present themselves to you, sometimes you just know, like, hey, I'm just going to go for this, and I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm going to, like, do my best to figure it out, and, like, you'll probably, it'll change you. And then I think there's other times where it's, like, we can feel so much like we want to do something we're not ready for yet. And so, yeah. Oh, and here's something I'll tell you, too. This is a good thing that Dana Gurrier said, the one who was in um the Tarantino movies. She was saying, there's times where your heart will, like, you know it's what you're meant to do, but you don't want to do it because you know the sacrifice it entails, you know the loss that it entails, but you know that it's the right thing. He's like, and those are the things you have to do. And it's like, and there's other moments where you like you're you can just if you really sit with yourself, your heart is like, that's just not the right thing for me right now, you know. And like you could you have to clarify like it's not out of fear, it's not out of you know sacrifice or loss. Like for example, her she was saying like she's really feeling a tug to go to to be a director, and she's like, oh my god, that's a whole other line I have to get in, because I've been you know working my way up to the acting line. It's like, but. I mean, if this if this persists, then I have to just go for it, you know. And I I think that I hope that guides you as you like are yeah. moving through like this next week, this next two weeks, where it's like I think after our conversation, you're gonna know in your heart whether you're meant to go to Cal Arts or you're meant to stay in Canada or you're meant to take a year off. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. So I guess just clarifying yeah, the, for yourself what's what's difficult versus what's necessary. But sorry, you were gonna say? I yeah, is it all that like if I'm being completely honest and it's kinda like a just like a gut thing. And that's just yeah. one of the other things that like like really spoke to me in your podcast was like you had that feeling um in the audition where you're just like, I got I gotta go and I had yeah like with with two schools that I auditioned to, um, one of them was Cal Arts, it was just like this like 
Oh wow! I don't even know if I don't even know. It was I think it was Adam Smith or is that who who, who auditioned you? Um, yeah, he's the one yeah, that was in yeah. Jane the Virgin and stuff and like Taken and stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. He's a voice teacher. Yeah, yeah. He was just so, he was so cool, and I was like, wow, this is really 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 Adam what I want. And yeah, and so it's kind of like when you're talking about the sacrifices, the kind of thing where it's like. All these people, like my my agent, and like people saying, like you know, like you should be, or like even like being being on set sometimes, like oh, if you're already doing stuff here and there, there's no real point going to art school. But it's just like that feeling where I'm like, I really, really want to go. Yeah, dude, Anton here, like take it like this, right? Shia LaBeouf, obviously very problematic right now, has done some really fucked up stuff. But during the time I was going to Cal Arts, I mean, he was. I mean, he still is like one of the most famous actors, one of the most successful actors on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. He was trying to go to CalArts because he felt like being raised in Hollywood, being in the industry, you know, being in all these block, being in Michael Bay films, he felt there wasn't this artistic part of him that was missing, that was never developed or fulfilled. And he was trying to come go to school with us. And it, like, I, I don't know exactly what happened. Like they kind of kept it hush hush. But I think what ultimately happened is they just thought it would be too much commotion to have him going to school with us. And, like, there might be pap- paparazzis and, like, the, all, all, us other students might, like, fanboy too hard and, like, things like that, right? But the reason I say that to you is just because, like, if you feel strongly that a four-year art school experience is something you want to have, like, you're not going to get a better chance in life to have that experience. And if you don't have it, you'll always regret it. You know, like you always think about it, like what if, like who would I have become? How would I think about this? Maybe I would have discovered, um, you know, a, a playwright or a filmmaker or something that would have totally changed the work I want to make. Maybe you would have made a friend or a connection that would have opened you up to a whole new realm of possibilities. You know what I mean? Like where now you're like you're doing this. Um, and yeah. And so I feel like I mean, for, like, for example, for me, dude, like being in Sydney right now. Like for some Cal Arts people, like or LA people, it might seem counterintuitive, you know what I mean? Like for a life in the arts, but for me, it's like my heart knows a hundred percent this is where I'm supposed to be right now. This is my journey, right? And like making YouTube videos like this, connecting with people like you, like dude, going to Cal Arts, I never thought I'd be doing stuff like this. You know what I mean? I never thought that I would um, uh, want to make videos talking about like the artistry of like. But ap- after graduating, and then seeing. I guess like, I think it's like everybody in their 20s and like my experience and my friend's experience just happens to be that of actors. But it's like, I feel like a lot of our 20s are this kind of big clash of where it's like the first time you feel the disconnect of the life, what you thought life was gonna be versus what life is actually like. And then it's like, oh, how do you navigate that in a positive, optimistic way where you're still growing, you're still feeding your artistry, you know what I mean? And like, I'll tell you another thing that might be cool. There was um, another alumni who's like all about storytelling. And he's had like, he's like written essays that like the New York Times has published and shit. His name's Christopher Rivas. And like he told that he did one of his stories for us when he was like substituting our class for like two weeks. And he said he used to always want to be in a 27 club. He's like, that's the coolest thing. It's like make your mark on the world. And then you're young and then you die. And like, you know what I mean? You're going to remember James Dean, Amy Winehouse. You're going to remember me forever. And he's like, and then I hit 27, and then I like he like ended up learning about this, this different club, and it was like the Seven Great Works Club, 
and it's like I don't, I don't know if it's like Leo Tolstoy or like whatever, just like these great um, artistic figures. I'm sure there's plenty that I don't know who they are, but um, these are people who arguably they made seven amazing like masterpiece level works in their lifetime, and then they and then they passed away, you know, and they lived to old age, you know, and they really. Um, they left enduring things and I feel and like he's like and that's what I, sh I strive for now you know it's like I want to make se seven great works have I made the first one yet I don't even probably not you know um, but yeah dude and I feel like um, that experience you know like going to CalArts would help set you up for that like that kind of life you know yeah yeah, yeah dude um, what else do I have oh yeah uh, just I'm really I'm a singer as well, and I do oh, a yeah. lot of musical theater. So I was wondering yeah. what the musical theater scene was like at CalArts. Okay, so CalArts, this is the thing. This is the thing that's probably the the least favorite aspect for a lot of us. It's very experimental, and so the thing is, it's like it's the last. Uh, I'll admit this. I don't know if I might cut this out. I like purposefully sabotaged a lot of my auditions because I didn't want to be in the productions. I wanted to just have time to like make a short film or something, you know? But the thing is, it's so experimental. There's not really any other school in the States or even in like the Western world that I'm aware of that experimental theater is given so much pro like, uh, I guess, priority. So in a way, CalArts is like, we need to make sure experimental theater has a place to live. And the other edge of that is it can seem too experimental. Where it's like, okay, like maybe let's just put on Death of a Salesman. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it can it can seem like that sometimes. But there were people who like did their own musical, you know, they did their own musicals, they did this thing. If it's something you're really passionate about and you want to do it, you can go to like events, you can put on your own musical. You know what I mean? And get licensing or like something like that. Um, there are there are singing classes that you can get into, you know, and in terms of like the, the straight up acting curriculum, musical theater doesn't really have at all a place and, and singing. Okay. Yeah. But um, but some of the experimental plays people probably have people singing in their plays or whatever they would do. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's like there's there's singing opportunities, um, some singing in the experimental work. And then you have the opportunity to do as much singing and self-produce stuff as you want. Okay, cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, um, oh yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I couldn't find. You said in your podcast uh, uh -huh. that at the end you were like, "Oh, there's some financing things," but I couldn't find the part about you're like, oh, "I'll add it later." Uh, oh, I, I never did that. So I never oh. made I never made a shorter <laughs> video, but after oh. after our talk today and after that one, I'll probably have the things in my mind of like, this is what's most useful to like incoming students and like you know I'll try to make like a five to ten minute video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was just wondering like how to kind of I don't know handle the finances, make a dent in it, how it's affected your life. Um, I took out some loans from the U.S. government. And those I still have, but they'll be easy to pay because, like, the government lets you pay in like, a certain amount. Yeah. And so I don't know what you'd have to do in Canada if you'd have to – a private lender or something like uh, your – I mean, what are your options? What are your options? Um, well, I have, I have a lot of savings myself. Um, yeah. But, it, but it's real – because it's American dollars – 
it's yeah. that adds on like another probably 20 grand a year um yeah uh, yeah but yeah i would definitely still be in some sort of debt um yeah um who would you have to get indebted to is it like a canadian thing uh there's there's osap which is a big thing for like ontario and okay. they I, I don't know i don't know how inclined they are to be helping people going out of ontario yeah but but typically they give grants and loans and and yeah yeah okay well what i would say is like for me if i was in your shoes i would take out the loan i would see who would give me a loan and then i would i would try to find out what are my repayment options like when it's time to repay can they adjust it based on my income can i pay interest only can i consolidate you know things like that and then i'd also find out what can they do to me if i can't pay because with sally may they can't garnish your wages because they're private they couldn't garnish wages they can't do anything to your house they're pretty powerless um and really in the states it really only affects your credit score um but the u.s government of course can do all those things right they can put a lien on your house they can take your things whatever whatever and so for me personally right like if i had i totally think the debt is worth it right yolo dude <laughs> but it's like um i was ready to be paying it you know, I, I thought that there would at least be some avenue where I could give like, I don't know, a couple of hundred dollars a month, you know, and yeah. that to me would have been totally worth it, even if it was for like 20 years, 30 years. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, I guess in a nutshell, when yeah. weighing my options, it's like, like, I don't, I guess this is why I'm researching CalArts so much. Um, yeah, because it's like, go to Ryerson for $4,000 a year. In yeah, can in Toronto. Or yeah. go to CalArts for like eighty. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's like, is it that much better than this art school? It's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, and you know what? I honestly I couldn't tell you because obviously yeah. I have no idea what Ryerson's like. I don't know who you'd meet. I don't know what the connections are. You know, but you know, but you know, here's what I will say. Um, I went to I went to Foothill, right? That was like the two year kind of local one I did which was like also a conservatory before I went to CalArts. And it was all about creativity and acting. My teachers and the material I was engaged in, I would say are every bit as knowledgeable about acting as my CalArts teachers were. They were fantastic teachers. I had great experiences, right? But the four-year experience at CalArts is just like, is just was just so much more astronomically universe i mean the hell am i saying astronomically i guess beneficial i cherish it more and i think it is because i think part of it is you're on your own you're in the bubble and it's like it's this this kind of adventure where it's like you can have like you can have so many experiences and then you can go into la and like see things and watch things and have more more experiences and the people you'll meet yeah it's just like the ex the experiences were just it just opened me up to so much more, like whether it was the variety of classes and because it is such an international school and like people from all over the world. And then because, you know, you do have so many guest speakers, alumni, things like that, that come through. And like, you know, I had like a lot of like film directors like that, you know, talked about. I think that probably honestly is what you're paying for at CalArts is the access to the knowledge of the alumni 
and the guest workshops and the people that come through. You know what I mean? Because like we had like Ewan McGregor came and like talked. We had like James Mangold who um he did like Walk the Line and like Ford versus Ferrari and like Logan if you know him he's an he's an alumni. Um, yeah, and so, like, it's just, like, and, like, of course, all the animation ones. And we had, like, uh, this great guy, too. Um, his name's, like, Joshua Oppenheimer. And he won an Oscar for doing, like, an amazing documentary, uh, I think, The Killing Fields of Cambodia. And he came and talked to the film directing program, and I, like, sat in on that. And it was, like, like the, the, the people around the world and the level of talent that you're exposed to at a place like CalArts, that's really what you're paying for, you know? And then, of course, the connections you meet and things like that. And so to me, um, like, like I said, I don't know what the Canadian, the, the, your local school is like. I think, you know, the difference between CalArts and my local schools is easily worth it, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. But I also, I also could see. Yeah, so I guess it just like, I guess it just comes down to, because it, it is valid to want financial stability and financial you know and be able to like maneuver and know you're going to be okay in the future and so it's just weighing that with the experience of encountering all these people and ideas and artistic stuff you know what i mean yeah. like which and for me personally in my life i wanted this one more you know yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> um yeah i think i got through basically all my questions um then, oh awesome dude one more this is kind yeah. Of... Oh. Uh, no, no, yeah. What? One more? <laughs> I'm, it's, um, it's okay, bro. Yeah, I got like ten minutes. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, like how? Dif I know you didn't go to an art school, but how different from high school is is university? Okay, incredible. At at first, you're like, oh, how different is it really? Because like the the clickiness that I perceived, but after that, it's monumentally different because you're really in charge of your own education, I think, in, in, you know, in your secondary school, which is great because you just have so much freedom, you know? You have, like, and you're doing act, like, you're only doing acting stuff, which is what you want to do, or, like, the other classes are still creative-related. It's not like you're doing, like, math and science and physics and, you know, whatever. Um, I know you're going to art high school anyway, but, yeah, and it's, it's wonderful in that sense. You feel older because you're on your own, and you know what I mean? Like, and you have more freedom in that way. Like you can like, you know, the experiences you'll have with like the friends you make and you, you'll go out and do all these things. Like, of course, it's like college is, you know, a time for experimentation, right? Whatever. I'll, I'll leave it vague. Whatever that means, right? <laughs> it's a time for experimentation. But um, yeah, I think it's monumentally different in the sense it's, it's so much better, you know? Uh, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else that makes it so... I guess, yeah, and the people you're exposed to, you know, internationally. And also CalArts. It doesn't feel small when you're there. It feels like a living, breathing ecosystem. But um, it is quite small. Like, they only accept, I think, around, like, I think the total student body every year is around, like, 500 kids. So you're sharing the, the, you're sharing the campus with, like, you know, a few hundred other people, and you see them around. You know, you recognize the same people, which is also why I'll warn you if you end up going – be careful with your romance because there were people like, you know, for example, they dated right in the beginning of first year. Things didn't work out. You awkwardly have to sit in all your classes together the rest of the year and then see them for the next three years, right? Yeah. That's like a big thing. I mean, humans are like that. It just happens. But there was a lot of awkward stuff, dude. 
because yeah. you know it's like it, it, people were, were getting incestuous but um yeah. so that is one of the things about having such a small school but yeah but yeah i would say yeah it, very different from high school in like an only in only positive ways you know it's good. good yeah man great that's all that's all my questions <laughs> awesome well hey you know happy to great to meet you anton you seem like a great kid man and yeah I wish you that. Let me know what you end up deciding, bro. You know, if you end up yeah, going to Cal Arts, dude. Yeah, I mean, we could stay yeah. in touch. And if you ever have yeah. any more questions, you know, whatever, shoot me an email. You know, I'm here, thanks dude. For, thanks for talking to me. Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Hey, I wish you all the best. All the regards to your family, man. Um, yeah. Let me try to think if there's any, if there's any last things I'd, I'd want to say to you about the experience. Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered, like, all the important stuff, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, so good luck making your decision, and, you know, it's a real exciting yeah. uh, period of life you're heading into, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, here, I'll stop the recording.